episode 14 of the Buddy Ball podcast. Really fun one here today because I'm joined by my friend and first second time guest, Sam Johnson. Over the weekend, a sizable amount of NBA discourse centered around potential Damian Lillard trade talks. Dame has not officially asked for a trade from Portland, but some signs point to it heading in that direction eventually. Because a player of Damian Lillard's caliber does not become available via trade very often, Sam and I decided to complete a mock trade exercise in which he served as Portland Trailblazers general manager Neil O'Shea, and I served as the executive decision maker for the other 29 teams in the league vying for Lillard's amazing basketball talents. I give offers on behalf of about 15 teams, some more serious and competitive than others. Sam throws a few offers out automatically, but eventually five finalists emerge, which quickly becomes four, then becomes three, and then becomes a battle of how many future unprotected first-round picks and pick swaps teams can throw in. We end with Sam picking his preferred trade partner, if he had to trade Lillard, and then a larger discussion about what the Trailblazers should do moving forward. This was an awesome episode to record, and hopefully you have a great time listening. But first, Chicago! Hey, Sam, how are you doing this evening? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Wouldn't want anyone else as much as you to talk about some Dame Lillard trade negotiations. What I want to start with is, you know, this is really A, for fun, and B, I think it's a really good thought experiment for the both of us and all of the listeners, you know, like not just to, you know, put on a piece of paper, like what you think Dame trades could be, like actually having two people who are pretty knowledgeable about basketball go back and forth on it is probably a more realistic proxy for what trade negotiations actually look like. So that's what, that's why we're doing it. This is not saying we hundred percent think Damian Lillard is getting traded, but it's fun. And it, I also think it's useful. So that's the place we're going to start. I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Sam, and, and then I'll, I'll answer myself. What are the odds in, you know, no statistical calculation, just kind of a gut feeling. What are the odds that Dame Lillard is in a Portland Trailblazers uniform on, I think the season starts on October 19th or something like that? I think that's right. Um, well, I put some very thoughtful calculations into this. <laughs> uh, maybe you didn't, but I would say there's about a 62% chance that he is in a blazer uniform on opening night. What makes it specifically 62? <laughs> like, do you, well, like, what mean, were some variables in your uh, equation there? Yeah. I mean, certainly him asking for a trade, but not asking for a trade or rumbling about being um, discontented certainly is a big factor in there. Um, but also the fact that he's kind of, he's been one of the loudest spoken players about loyalty and like, this is my team. And he, he always, I think he's had like some pointed tweets and comments about team hopping and star, star loading up uh, certain rosters. So like, it feels a little bit weird for him to go against all of that now. Uh, but at the same time, I think he is looking around and like looking at this blazer roster, like we 
probably don't have it. We don't have cap space. We don't really have young talent. Like, how am I actually going to get over the hump here? So, honestly, I think he's, like, battling himself. Like, he wants to put it out there that, you know, he's a loyal guy, but then also he wants to get out, but he wants to get out with the fan base still loving him. So, and then if you couple all that with, it's just really hard to trade him. He has a massive salary. Like, I'm sure you found a bunch of teams that are going to be interested, but it's kind of like there was a lot of teams that I could think would want him, but it was less straightforward than I maybe thought because I mean like a 30 year old uh, all-star all NBA player should be a lock for anyone to be interested in. Right. But then when you think about his contract and his age and like, does it make sense for certain teams? It started, I started to question it on, on, on certain squads so yeah all that blended together with a few other magical formulas got me to 63 percent. i'm gonna say it's a little bit higher but not too much higher so let's say 70 percent. it's it's kind of concerning that neil o'shea and his exit interview that's portland's executive decision maker for those of you who don't know um he said like this first round loss is not a byproduct of the roster <laughs> and then dame pretty much said uh, yes, it certainly is, Neil. Um, so that seems like a contentious issue. And anyone who has followed Neil O'Shea, uh, he is very, what are some adjectives here? Confident, full of himself. I, I haven't really seen him really admit much wrongdoing during his Blazers tenure. Uh, and he did some wrongdoing in the 2016 offseason. So I think Dame, to your point, in a perfect world, I think he wants a split, but I think the city of Portland means so much to him. And like, he really doesn't want to be the villain and he doesn't want to seem like he's, you know, kind of going back on his word, kind of like Kyrie did when like he told Boston he would resign. And then less than a year later, he didn't. So, but, but I think there's a chance. It's just more like a pride thing. Like I think Olshay is one of the few GMs who would just be like, nope, Dame, I, I don't care. You're a trailblazer. You have three plus one years left on your contract and you're just going to keep going. And, and Dame doesn't seem like Harden where he's going to like throw a tantrum and pass to John Wall where he can barely catch the ball and that kind of stuff. But I think a trade is inevitable. Just, I, I yeah, I would say there's less than a 50% chance that it'll happen this off season. But Regardless of that, we are going to assume in this podcast that Portland is considering trading him and they are talking to teams around the league. So Sam is going to play the role of Portland's front office. I guess we can call him Neil O'Shea, although I don't know if he wants that mm-hmm. that title. Really. Um, and I, I am going to be the teams interested in Dame and, and pitching um, our trade offers. So before we get started and, and before I give a bunch of offers, Sam, as Portland, and this is a pretty loaded question that's reliant on a lot of different factors, but what are you looking for in return for Damian Lillard? Yeah, so preparing for this exercise, I was kind of of two minds. So the first one is that Portland was pretty good last year. Um, they actually were, I think, like seventh in that rating. They had a top three offense. They just can't defend anyone. But, I mean, they still have McCollum, Robert Covington, Nurkic, and um, Powell if they bring him back. Like, that's the makings of a solid starting lineup. Um, they have some depth issues. But, but Dame, I mean, Dame is like a game changer, obviously. But they, they aren't that bad around them. Granted, the West is is really tough. But I can see – 
at least the argument, especially with CJ um, being three more seasons at an astronomical price that, that at least would try to be relevant for like a year. And you also can like stick it to Dame Lillard. Like, you know, you want it out, but we are still good. But more realistically, I think that I would just want a clean slate, which would involve moving both Dame and CJ. But for the purposes of this, just talking about Dame, I mean, they – those two have them in complete cat purgatory for making like 80 plus million a year, but assuming move Dame, which is what we're talking about. And then you could probably offload CJ. Like they literally have nothing on their books past 21, 22. They basically have like a Nasir little team option. And like uh, Anthony Simons, I think is uh, cat fold, but they, they have like, basically they have a blank slate uh, after next season. So if they could unload these two huge cards, um, so I kind of would want a blank slate with a bunch of picks. Um, I mean, obviously I would love like a young all-star, right? Like that's kind of the dream that, or like a young recent prospect. And I think there's a few of them out there that may or may not actually be available, but I mean, that's what I would want, but that is a tougher pill to swallow if you're actually in the front office versus me sitting in my basement saying, you know, blow it up type OKC route. So I understand that maybe that that is not, more realistic but i think that's probably the smartest thing and that's what i would aim to do it's really hard to do this exercise just thinking about dame because like we're only going to be talking about dame lillard trade talks but you know some deals would probably be contingent on also trading some of the veterans on on the trailblazers for future assets so we're going to try to you know talk about dame independently but that's kind of hard to do because you know he's not He's not the only trailblazer that has trade value. Uh, he definitely has the most trade value, but others still have some. So let's get right into it. I'm just going to say what team I am, throw out my offer. We can do some preliminary negotiations. You know, if, if what I'm offering is way too low and you can ask for more. And if I don't say yes, then you can just kind of throw the team out. Or if it's an intriguing offer, you can put it in the yes pile. And then eventually we'll get down to the, to the finalists. So I'm going to try to go in some random order. Let's start with Chicago. <laughs> this offer would have been a lot more intriguing if we had kept our top four protected pick uh, that went to Orlando at number eight. So this is my pitch and I'm, I'm going to try to stay in character as much as I, I can when I'm doing these teams. So Neil, we were in the other conference. You don't have to worry. You know, you're not trading a Dame to Denver or Utah or something like that. We're in the other conference. And what we are trying to give you is future flexibility. We're not asking you to take on, you know, a Kristaps Porzingis kind of contract. So the deal would be centered around you pick two of these expiring contracts, Thad Young, Sadoransky, and Al Aminu, that you can either keep or, you know, flip, uh, but they just have one more year left. Pat Williams and Kobe White are both on the table. And we also have two tradable firsts in 2026 and 2028. So my starting offer would be you pick two of Young, Sato, and Alfred Aminu, both Pat Williams and Kobe White, and one future first round pick. And the reason why I'm so interested in this first one is it'll be pretty clear from the start, like kind of where our, our calibrations on, on Dame are, but what do you think of that offer? <laughs> you know, you actually had me a little bit perplexed. I was not expecting the Bulls to be one of these teams, but yeah, I mean, the, 
the the youth is nice. I don't know if I don't know if either of them are like like a blue chip. I think Kobe White is fine. He's probably more of a six man. I think Patrick Williams has some promise, but kind of just a guy on a starting team and a starting playoff team. I feel like he's probably at best like your third or fourth best player. Those picks are pretty far out. The salary, like it's it's nice, but they're just like to be offloading salary and have a clean slate going forward. But that probably doesn't really um, that doesn't get me too interested to be honest. Right. Yeah. That's kind of all we can we can offer. No Zach Levine, Olympian Zach Levine. <laughs> I mean, the plan would be, and I I wouldn't have made the Vooch trade to begin with, but because they made it, they kind of have to go all in. They don't have their top ten pick this year. They're out another future first and. Um, that's a lot of all offense squad you're building there so so even if i went like the full like let's say like 2026 and 2028 unprotected first with like three unprotected swaps in 22 25 and 27 let's say it's still there's just not a blue chipper in there for you to be excited about i mean what am i putting in the press conference like patrick williams and future picks like i i don't know i i think i mean team teams like a top 12 player in the league like i think as we talk to these other teams i'm going to be able to get a blue chip prospect or an elite pick or sooner picks like i don't want to wait till 2026 to be realizing any of this return all right yeah that's a fair enough answer so that's one team down we're putting in the no column um i'm gonna try to jump around and i i have these offers in different piles so Let's go to. If you lowball me, I will hang up on you. All right, let's go to New Orleans. <laughs> so, Zion. So there, there's two ways that we can do this. The the one that I'm obviously more intrigued about as David Griffin is sending you two contracts, <laughs> Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe, and then the mother load. Just every pick. Okay, maybe not every pick. That's like 10 first, but the number 10 pick, we have two Lakers first and one swap, and we have two Milwaukee first and two swaps. We have all of our future first and swaps. We have Cairo Lewis, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes. So that's one iteration, and I would say we'd offer six first-round picks all unprotected or close to unprotected or if if ingram is your asking price the picks i i'm not putting like six unprotected picks on the table so would you even listen to the one where the matching salary is not ingram because that's a lot of picks (laughs) i would listen because yeah it's just a lot of draft capital but I mean, why'd you guys extend Steven Adams? Like, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> Can you make it work without Steven Adams? I don't want to be in character if I have to explain why we extended <laughs> Steven Adams. I, yeah, it's bad. It, it's 17 this upcoming year and 18 the year after. Just Hayes, Lewis, Bledsoe, and another piece that gets you pretty close, right? It's probably just still short. I mean, I, yeah. I would listen because that's a lot of picks, but I mean, if you have Zion, Dame and Ingram, 
I don't expect your pick to be good. The Lakers and Bucks might be the two worst teams to be invested in their <laughs> near futures. I get the Bucks ones are are a bit out from now, but I mean Giannis is a world beater at like age twenty six. Like I'm not over the moon for that either. So I mean I'm hoping to find better offers in this, but I six is a lot of picks. It's, you, you can always wheel and deal with that, including the tenth I'm, I'm mildly, pick in this year's draft. Mild top ten intrigued. pick. Mildly intrigued. All right, we'll put that in the the middle pile. Let's go to Toronto, <laughs> which, all right, I spent a lot of time doing doing research on this. They can actually make it work with no matching salary. How does how does the fourth pick, Malachi Flynn, two unprotected future firsts, and a thirty seven million dollar trade exception sound? <laughs> I mean, those are always really fun to, to dream on, but does it actually get me players, especially if I'm sort of resetting? Like, I, I mean, I guess it helps to take on bad money, right? Like, absorb, you know, your Kemba's and your Al Horford's of the world. But four and two unprotected first in Malachi Flynn. And you can, I mean, you can have the picks be like, 2026 and 2028 if you want. Wow, so I'm not getting any of your any of your OGs, your Fred Van Vliet's. They're all they're all part of this super team that you're building. <laughs> yeah, so from Toronto's perspective, so there, there it would be Dame Siakam, OG and Fred Van Vliet. That's 108 million dollars right there, which the cap stuff is is a little I don't know that it actually works because you also have to have a bunch of minimum players or minimum cap hold. So this may this may or may not work cap wise, but they can get it pretty close. Um so you gotta be flirting with flirting with the, the cap I don't know. I mean that one I mean four is nice, but okay. So let's do it a different way. Which one of Siaka, Mananobi, and Van Vliet uh would you be most interested in? Um probably Van Vliet, I would say. So yeah, if it so. was like Van Vliet, the fourth pick and future first, does that intrigue you? I mean, it does, but kind of just jumping back to where we started. Like if I already was like first round fodder to a team missing one of its best players, like if I'm trading my best player for like a mild to severe downgrade, like, I don't know what I'm doing with this. Time, what I'm doing. With You're this getting team. the fourth pick. No, I know. I mean, that that would be the care of it, right? And I guess I could re- reflip Fred Van Vliet, but I'm more looking for someone under like 27 years old, ideally like under 23 or 24 and a bunch of picks. Whereas a big piece of this deal is, uh, I guess, Van Vliet's probably considered a veteran um, and like a good player. So, I mean, unless we're extending this to cascading all extra deals beyond this in Toronto, it's probably not going to make my final list. I mean, it's an okay offer, but I mean, more so than this in the, actually, probably not even more so than Chicago, just because of the young guys there. There, Toronto's out. I just talked myself out of it. All right. I'm tired of hearing no. So I'm going to do one that I know will be a finalist. We're going to take a trip to the Bay and talk to Bob Myers now. Here we go. Might be surprised. Wiggins, Wiseman, Poole, number seven, number 14, 2022 unprotected first, 2026 unprotected first, assuming that we can negotiate with, with Memphis to get our, our pick 
unprotected in 2024, that's the offer. Yeah, now now you got my ear because that's yes. a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, this team that team's gonna be really good, but it still does have an aging Dre, a Clay that's been hurt for two seasons, Curry who's not resigned yet, and uh, now Dame. So I could sell myself on those picks. Plus, you're giving me three like sure thing or sure young assets in Wiseman seven and fourteen, and Wiggins. I mean, he's a player. He can play. <laughs> you love Wiggins. <laughs> no, I actually don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am interested probably the most so far. That was the one that I was going to turn to if you uh, <laughs> weren't super interested in my first couple. All right. So Golden State, we'll say that's that's a finalist. Yeah. Almost All right. Certainly. Let's let's knock a couple of these other ones out. Charlotte. <laughs> you did dig deep because you're listing a lot of teams that I didn't have on what I considered to be a shortish list of contenders. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon Hayward, the number 11 pick, PJ Washington, and a future first. Yeah. Again, I, I just don't know what my new squad is accomplishing for me outside of like the eighth seed in the West. And those picks are blah, kind of blah, especially when you have LaMelo and Dame now. And I expect that this team will be good for a while in Charlotte. So, yeah, not overly interested in that. What if I put both Bridges and Washington in the deal? You add another nickel to the package. <laughs> I mean, it's more interesting for sure, but yeah, I mean, Hayward, I mean, I do like Hayward. It's just, I just, I don't think it, I would say that's a middle, <laughs> middle offer. I have a team building question for you. Do you value the number 11 pick more or less than Bridges and Washington who are both drafted I think with the 11th or 12th pick or Portland specifically, or I guess you can just answer in in a vacuum. You say bridges and Washington bridges or Washington or the number 11 pick, which, which one would you, would you value the most? I mean, if I was a bottom eight team, I would prefer the 11th pick. If I was a team that, could use a fourth or fifth starter and that was pretty good already i would take bridges or washington so i'll still give you a caveat but that's i mean it wouldn't be the same either way because 11th pick if i'm a crappy team i'd rather swing like i don't think washington and bridges are ever gonna change my franchise more than you know three percent or five percent in a season all right let's let's keep going because i i do have a lot of teams but i was assuming that some of these would be Pretty short, and I think they have been so far. So, Cleveland, Kevin Love, Darius Garland, the number three pick, and some future first. Uh, Kevin Love might be a fan favorite. I think he's from Oregon. Yeah, he Uh, is. He's from Lake Oswego, yeah. I am interested in – I like Garland. I like third pick and what's supposed to be a pretty good draft at the top. It still feels like – a little bit short of, you know, this all NBA player that is a stand-up citizen and can break defenses from 35 feet. It just feels like a little bit is missing there. Would you be more interested in Sexton or Garland? Garland. Yeah. Okay. We can move forward. I mean, that, that kind of shows how good Dame is. If I put the number three pick on the table, I get that you're taking back a negative value contract, but you're like, nope. All right. Quickly, did you think... Are you more interested in that? Um, I I would have to be getting also like future draft capital from a team that 
has not the proven Cavs, this century the they can bad. win without LeBron. So why why would the Cavs do that? Why would the Cavs be interested in Dame? It, 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 it's kind of bleak because you're like, okay, Dame, now you're playing with uh, Sexton, Isaac Okoro, and Jared Allen if we can resign him, uh, which is just a worse team than than Portland. But yeah, that that was kind of a I just had an offer out there, and I think the Cavs would be like, ooh, it's it's Dame Lillard. We'll trade the third pick in a three player draft. Um, had to make the call. Yes, uh, Dallas, <laughs> Porzingis, Josh Green, Jalen Brunson, and a first. <laughs> next <laughs> Fuck. okay so <laughs> that's that was I, the worst one yet i know i know but there's not much else <laughs> they have, all right they have no so let's the problem with the mavericks let me recalibrate a little bit here so you have kind of not really liked all of them except for golden state so maybe let me, let me give you another uh intriguing one atlanta <laughs> to form the worst defensive backcourt in the history <laughs> Uh, Gallo, DeAndre Hunter, a Kongwu, and that's that's enough money right there. And the number twenty pick. Let's start there. Yeah, are you trying to make Trey Young so mad that he doesn't even want to sign the extension? Like, what's what's the deal here? You're gonna have two basketballs. Like, who's gonna defend? Like, I don't. I'm, I'm fill me in here. You, you didn't say that when uh, the Warriors were calling with Steph Curry, who's 10 years older. Yeah, but Steph plays off the ball, and they, yeah, I mean, and I think Steph's a better defender than Trey by quite a bit. Um, yeah. As the, for the, the offer, I mean, no, yeah. I'm not too interested. It, it's interesting because, like, if they actually offered, like, all the guys that I said, like, Ann Herter and Reddish, like, then, then Portland can talk themselves into, like, wow, like we're getting pretty much their entire young core. And I don't think Atlanta's really getting better with this trade, but Schlenk could be like, oh, we made the conference finals. Let's add the best player that's available in trade. So it actually could get kind of close, but yeah, there's no like eye-popping talent there unless you're big on Hunter or Reddish, what he did in, in game six, I guess. No, Atlanta has a lot of pieces that I would be excited about. Um, it just seems like a really weird move for, for Dame, but I, I like Reddish more than most people and Hunter improve a lot this year so i could see him doing something like that but for dame seems strange all right let's do boston so i don't see him on my list jalen brown okay you can you can officially move this into the yes column uh but jalen brown rob williams one of langford or neesmith you pick moses brown reunion should you choose uh and two future firsts all-star jalen brown i might add yeah, Portland's front office is definitely interested in this one. Um, might need some fine negotiations with some of the other pieces, but yeah, I mean that one is definitely one of the better ones I've heard. Jalen All Brown, right. Jalen Brown can get my fan base excited. A young twenties two-way wing that improves every single season. Right. Let's talk about Brooklyn quickly. This isn't a real offer. We talked about this offline a little bit, but. Uh, just, just to throw it out there, Kyrie, Landry Shamit, Nick Claxton, the 27th pick and a 2028 unprotected first. Yeah, if, if Kyrie was someone that I could trust to be happy and be reflippable, this is actually a pretty good deal, but, um, and if he was a, a shade younger, I think he's only like a year and a half, maybe two years younger than Dame. But 
but yeah, I mean, that's not a terrible offer if all those other things weren't true and you get another all-star point guard back, you get a little bit younger. It's just, it's just, yeah. I mean, I don't know if Brooklyn would do it. And I just worry like Kyrie might just retire or like fake an injury and say, you know, Portland's not good enough. I'm too mad at my friends for trading me that I'm just, you know, done for a few years. Right. All right. Let's, let's knock off the LA teams quickly. (laughs) All right. Lakers, Kuzma, KCP, THT, 23rd pick, future first. Uh, No. Okay. Clippers, Pat Beverly, Luke Kennard, something else. (laughs) Can't they trade like the 2028 first and maybe this one after the draft? Um, They can. Yeah, they just yeah, all the pipe dreams of the LA teams getting them. Like they just literally have nothing to offer. Like unless you're gonna offer like Paul George or uh, LeBron, eighty. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was that the the whole reason why I brought that up is to kind of make a joke of the people on Twitter who are just photoshopping Dame in the Lakers jerseys, like THT second rounder Kyle Kuzma, call it in. <laughs> well, he's in all Space right. Jam too, so obviously he's gonna right. be a Laker. <laughs> Okay, let's get a little more serious. Uh, Philadelphia. So there's two ways to do the matching salary. Um, So I I first wanted to ask how you value Tobias Harris versus Ben Simmons. I'm assuming you value one more than the other, but how, how much more would you value one of those players than the other? So this version of Neil O'Shea is probably one of the more down people on Ben Simmons uh, that watches a lot of basketball, but it's still going to be Ben Simmons over Tobias Harris. Just age and can squint your brains out and maybe see him figuring a few things out in offense, but definitely Simmons. Yeah, so the offer is Simmons, Thibault, Maxi, the 28th pick, uh, and either... or let's just say 2023 unprotected first it gets kind of complicated uh they're another one of those teams that they have like a 2025 first to okc that may not convey till 2027 so you could say like next allowable draft but that gets kind of weird um but i'm willing to offer like one and and if 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 we can make it work like two first round picks this one has me interested as well okay it might be hard for me specifically because Simmons I'm just not the biggest fan of but I that's all a good amount of value that I would be interested in cool moving right along to another team that I think you'll like the offer at least be intrigued uh New York which it's a little bit different because they don't need to do matching salary uh so RJ Barrett is what we think is the is the blue chip asset uh and then pick any that you want of Obi Toppin quickly, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox. If you're a believer, uh, you can kind of pick and choose among those four. Uh, 19th pick, 21st pick, Dallas top 10 protected, 2023 pick, and another future New York pick. And cap flexibility and a big trade exception. Knicks also have me interested. Yeah, we're on a roll here. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these were, I, I was pretty confident you'd say yes to these four. I have hope for one other offer, uh, but we'll see. Okay. Miami, 
is I don't know, n- not as bleak, not as bleak as uh, the LA teams, I would say, but not exactly asset think, rich. Are you gonna say Bam? <laughs> no, I am not gonna say Bam. <laughs> I you you have noticed that I'm I'm not doing any of the trades where I'm kind of betting that Lillard is like a, just a very marginal upgrade over another like star. Like I, I, it's really hard for me to see like trading bam for Dame. It's like, like why? Like, like Dame's a better player in a vacuum, but bam's cheaper, younger. And, you know, I don't know that I'd even put bam like on the table. Um, but even though I obviously know that Dame's the more valuable player, but Drogic expiring as the matching salary uh, might need to also throw Iguodala in there. Another matching salary. I think you can, you know, you could trade both at next year's trade deadline. Um, Hero, Achua, Akpala. And right now we can only trade our 2028 first, but could trade a second one if we negotiate with OKC. That's, that's kind of everything. <laughs> oh, and if, uh, if you guys are interested in giving Nunn or Robinson like a like a huge offer sheet, I think that could also work. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if we have room to do that, but it's just not pick heavy enough. And I'm kind of down on hero. It's kind of just a bunch of stuff that five teams right. already beat. <laughs> right. All right, let's do a couple more. Uh, Indiana, just kind of a consolidation trade. I was looking through their their players and like I don't even know who to offer because I feel like they have five guys that have like somewhat comparable value. Uh, so my offer was gonna be uh, Brogdon, Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, the thirteenth pick, and a future first for Lillard and Covington. So I am interested in the Pacers actually. I don't know that the exact calibration that you just tossed out there is going to be up my alley but i do have some interest in the pacers well i mean so you i kind of picked brogdon over lavert and sabonis over turner but i'm kind of offering like one of those two guards and one of those two bigs and the 13th pick and jeremy lamb was kind of in there if maybe you were going in a different direction and you wanted to also include covington in which case i'd throw in a future first um, but that's how I was thinking about it. But it's, it's, there's, there's, this is the first team I've really come to where no one is untouchable on, on the team. So, I mean, they're all good, but it's like, I'd trade any and all of them for Dame. Yeah. That's kind of funny. I mean, if it was something around Turner and Brogdon and a good deal of draft capital, it would be one of the ones I would consider. Obviously that would be one where I'm staying relevant. Right. And I'm not going mm-hmm. for the clean slate in the, in the, youth movement or whatever that some of these other teams would be giving me, but I certainly would consider that one. So, so, so let's just say if, if you, if this actually wants to be a finalist, so let's say that the deal is Turner Brogdon 13 and a future first in the year of your choosing lightly protected. Would that move into the realm of, Boston, Golden State, New York, Philly, or at least close to it to be considered. Yeah, I mean, it's com- it's a completely different style of offer, but right. yeah, I think I think it is definitely one that would like, you know, in this front office of mine, I'm going to have a two hour meeting about it or whatever. All right, so that's 
that that so Indiana and Toronto were the two wild cards. You didn't really like Toronto, even though I offered the fourth pick, but Indiana. Okay. Uh, I have two more. And then once we do this, we can get into the finalists. Uh, I'm hopeful that one of, at least one of these two will be a finalist, but we'll see. Uh, Memphis is interesting uh, in that they can cobble together. So, so this, this is another one of those where like, we're just giving you expiring contracts. And then that we kind of see is not, you know, negative value because it's just an expiring contract with a decent player, but then there's also a bunch of assets too. So I wrote down like Winslow, Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson. You might only need two of those because I'm also putting Jaron Jackson Jr. out there. Um, so yeah, so, so let's say pick two of Winslow, Jones, and Anderson, uh, tri- Triple J, the 17th pick. We have a very juicy Golden State pick that should it's super lightly protected that will convey sometime between 24 and 26 when their stars will be in their mid 30s mid to late 30s uh and you know some or all of our draft twitter guys are on the table as well does that intrigue you not entirely i also had memphis on my list but i had john morant is, is he available uh I mean, the whole, the whole point of the trade is to kind of trade everything that you want besides jaw and hopefully Dylan Brooks. Although, you know, he, he went, I think he went to Oregon. So maybe he would want to play in Portland uh, if you view him as like a somewhat significant asset. So he's on the table as well, but no, if jaw was involved, we would not do it. And also like, I just can't see a trade like that where Memphis is going all in on Dame and a probably a worse supporting cast than he had in Portland. So yeah. Yeah. I think if it was it's just straight up, Memphis would still say no, no, no assets, no it's, extra capital, no extra. Pay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of what I was trying to trying to get across in the Bam point when like yeah, like if I was picking someone for for like just one game or even for one season, you'd obviously pick Dame over both Bam and Jaw, but just like the youth and the the kind of team cost control element of it yeah Yeah, it's just i wouldn't do that as as memphis yeah no i i don't really like that other package just i I like the other a lot of other ones better all right here we go (laughs) i love this trade i okay i'm not gonna preface it with anything else sacramento (laughs) healed bagley halliburton the ninth pick bagley halliburton in the ninth pick bagley's expiring and he's also a reclamation project that, you know, he, he I mean, he, he's not like a bust. He's just like, you know, not worthy of, he, he's not the second best player from, from the 2018 draft and he can't stay healthy, but there is something there. Like he had a good rookie year. So does that I mean, intrigue he's, you? He's, he's probably a bust. I mean, maybe he's an average ish bench player or maybe rotation player, but yeah, I mean, for his draft pick, obviously he's a bust. Uh, not particularly. I mean, Buddy Heal is, maybe on a negative value contract bagley it's decreasing though keep. come on <laughs> bagley, we don't even know if he'll keep i mean obviously halberton would be very nice and ninth pick it's about, about as young as they come and also yes yeah, well since he was the ninth pick he also doesn't make well no no, no i'm much. so he he was the 12th pick but i'm yeah, saying he, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm also offering the ninth pick so two top two lottery picks you could sell it as three with bagley <laughs> four with healed uh healed isn't healed like 40 years old already somehow 
like ages double. He's older than Anthony Davis, even though they drafted him (laughs) four years later. (laughs) That's wild. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I'm gonna ask again. What about De'Aaron Fox? Is it that much different than the Jaw situation? Like, I, I get that well, Jaw has actually led them to the playoffs. I, I, well, I guess Fox is also on a max contract already. already. Paid. Yeah, yeah right. he's already paid. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I guess I don't even know if I would be that interested in the Blazers. So you wouldn't do that straight up? I mean, I, I guess I would. I don't know. I mean, the, it's, probably it's not... would want something else, yeah. to be honest. But no, I, I don't like that other poo-poo platter you threw okay. at me. <laughs> God, you're saying that you're saying that like top picks in this year's draft are just a poo-poo flatter. Nine? Nine? I keep hearing it's a six-person draft, and then you're just you know, yeah, you throwing can get, 40% you can get uh, friends friends Wagner at, at, at nine. You're you're set for the Sing- future in Portland. Yeah, you take Singoon or you know <laughs> some 24-year-old Davion Mitchell prospect. Okay, so we have five. We have five finalists. We have Boston. Golden State, New York, Philly, and Indiana. So all in the East besides Golden State. I don't know if you intentionally did that, but that's kind of how it shook out. Wait, I have one, one more team. Does oh. Sam Presti not want to send us a boatload of picks and Kemba Walker? Because we'd be interested in that. No, Sam <laughs> Presti does not want to do that. It just, it's actually kind of intriguing like, cause like you have Shea and I don't know, Lou Dort and Baisley proved that they can kind of hold up in the playoffs, but it was the bubble. So the pressure wasn't really on them. Also their pick is lotto protected to the Hawks next year, which, so if they make the playoffs and they don't, I, I guess it doesn't really matter cause it's not a good draft pick, but I think they want to have at least one more year of being bad. Um, but no, OKC is not, I, I actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just not even, I'm not even going to consider it because it's just not happening. So, all right. So, wait, one other team that actually I'm my, mildly interested in, I want to know if you even consider. Did you consider Orlando putting together something? Because they no, have, a, I, no, I, I, so I did this alphabetically, and Oklahoma City and Orlando are next to one another, and I was like, no, these are the two like most rebuilding teams in the league. They're just, they're just. Are not. they though? Yes, they are. What what team is in a more a bigger rebuilding place than Orlando and Oklahoma City? What do you mean? They got Fultz and Isaac already on extensions. They got Gary Harris, Terrence Ross. They have a pile of picks to get even better. I mean, all right, they, let's, they can let's push qu- the gas button right let's now. Let's quickly in- entertain this. So, what are you interested in? I mean, they got a lot of stuff, right? They got number five. They got number eight. They got Jonathan Isaac, who health issues maybe they aren't that interested i mean they have a lot of guards already that they, they mean cole anthony and or rj hampton or fultz could maybe be of interest to the blazers got salary filler with gary harris i don't know maybe i'm out uh out in left field on this one but i thought orlando might be able to put no they together. they definitely have the assets to like actually compete um with pretty much just, all of these offers i just yeah, they were on the treadmill of mediocrity. I guess they didn't have a player like Dame at any point, but especially if you're trading away like all of your chips and like you don't even have the like steady like Vooch, Fournier, Gordon players anymore. Uh, it seems like the, all those trades are kind of for nothing if it all just turns into Dame and Mo Bamba and Cole Anthony and that's your team. I, I I don't know. It just, yeah. yeah, I, 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to entertain that. I, mean, I was thinking it's Portland here that, you know, just a lot of stuff that could intrigue us. But yes, yeah, Magic are sure. probably going for the slow burn of, you know, 2024-ish range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and two, two other teams I didn't even try were San Antonio, who, because they just never make trades, I'm just not going to act like they, oh, they might. And I, Washington, where it's like, are you going to give up, like, so you already gave up a first to get off John Wall's contract to get Westbrook. Now you're going to give up like basically like all of your first in Westbrook to get, get Lillard. But yeah, it's, you know, I actually, I didn't scroll down the Spurs. I actually had on there too, but you just think it's too unrealistic. Yeah. I mean, like what's... it could be Popovich's parting gift. One more all NBA player that could, you know. Yeah. But like, what's the noise? trade? It's like the 12th pick. I, I, I will I mean, want to, so I mean, he'll want to stick with his team USA guy, Keldon Johnson, um, Murray, white, Lonnie Walker, Vassell, like Pirtle. Yeah. So, I mean, I had Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray cap space comes as part of the Spurs trio. And then like three firsts, you think that they wouldn't even consider that? No. Cause then you're bringing DeRozan back and then it's like, eh, yeah, no. you're going for it. No, I, no, I'm, Let's just stick with these five. I think even if that that was on the table, it's not going to win in the end. I don't think they can offer like well, there's no like blue chipper in there. So unless you're like this huge Kellen Johnson guy that I didn't know about, I'm not going to move forward with that. I mean, I actually kind of am, but that's fine. I don't think they would win anyway. But I okay. I do like that quite a bit. Okay, how do you want to go about this? Maybe you pick the team that you say you might think has like the the worst offer of the five Philly, Philly, Boston, New York, golden state, Indiana. So maybe pick the team that, yeah, that you think has the worst offer. And then if I can't up it or I'm not willing to, then you can cross them out and then maybe have some teams like, let's say once it gets down to the last three, then they start like bidding against each other kind of. So how about the Pacers? So this one's probably the one, I like the least only because it's just a setup that I probably wouldn't want to go forward with. I'd rather kind of have a clean slate, but and what if it was Turner, Brogdon, three unprotected first? Is that something you guys would put on the table? Mm. How about like, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd rather have it be three future first or 13 and two future first, like pick 13. I'd be trading out. Um, okay. So that, that leaves me with Dame Levert, Warren, Sabonis. Yeah, it's actually not, not a bad team. I just and go Sabonis and Goga front court. Oh gosh. Okay. Uh, three. So you're, you're talking like unprotected first, like 23, 25, 27 unprotected. Like that's what you're asking for. Yeah, I was, but I keep forgetting about the fact that they actually do have 13. They lost the playing game. That's a little higher than first considered. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I don't know. This this team we could probably just this, this one's probably not going to win just because it's such a weird move to be yeah. gunning for the seventh. But the the allure of it is, I mean, Brogdon is still youngish, and I mean, if you get three unprotected first, like you're kind of doing both, right? You're you're keeping relevant now, which maybe the their owner wants to do, and you can say, you know, now I have ten picks the next seven years, can make even more noise, can draft more guys. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that this one probably i mean it's in there that's why it's here but i think the other offers probably will be stronger okay yeah that there's probably I mean, a reason why we haven't stronger. heard a lot of indiana chatter but I, at least i've seen a lot of chatter about these other 
four teams. Okay, so let's just cross off Indiana and maybe let's let's try to work to eliminate one of these and then really kind of get like get the other three to go to war against each other. So who do you want to talk to of these four first? I mean, I think all four of these are pretty darn good. How, how about the Warriors? I mean, you might have just put on the table your best deal from the start. I don't I don't know if can they even do anything better than what you listed. Uh, so I said a 22 and 26 unprotected first. It's probably more advantageous for you to make those like 26 and 28, like 2026 and 2028, because I mean, I'm also trading away every asset I have. (laughs) So the upside of those picks is like maybe not. 2013 net Celtics level, but pretty high. So that's kind of everything. unless you're like a Pascal fan. Yeah. I mean, it's not everything you could do 22, 26, 28 and swaps. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I I mean, it's hard for me to eliminate that. Okay. So let's say that the, the first are in 26 and 28 and a swap in 23 that's my offer because i as as golden state i'd want to be able to trade my 2022 first during the season if possible this is with pool and wigan and And wiseman and seven and 14 it's definitely a headliner it's almost I think another team would be like this too, but it's almost like the Kevin Garnett package uh, way back when, like eight different things that are all, eh, but. And Wiseman's going to be so much better than Al Jefferson. So (laughs) one can only hope. I mean, is he? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm, I'm the Warriors. So yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I can eliminate that one if that was our goal here. Okay. Who, who do you want to talk to next? Yeah, and this this could be like, yeah, just, I don't know. What? I kind of offered everything I could as Philly, but the other two, I guess there's more on the table. Yeah, I mean, I want to hear this Knicks offer. Okay. I mean, you guys finally had a decent season. You have a little bit of buzz behind you, but you don't have a blue chip 1A All-NBA player, and most people probably expect you to regress, like, you need you need a big icon like Dame. So let, let me have it. So what you can have is anything besides Randall. There is no other play like okay. Just funny to say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just just like a couple of years ago when Randall was renounced and signed for the mid-level. <laughs> and now it's like you can have anyone besides Randall to come play for the Knicks. I mean, yeah, I thought but, that that was like a bad contract almost, the Knicks one. <laughs> but now he's like... Yeah, now, third, now it's like, wow, it's partially years? guaranteed. Uh, I think, think he was second team. Oh, gosh. So, I, think you're, I think you're right. Yeah, but I guess the less salary you take back, the bigger the trade exception is if you care about that. So maybe that's a reason not to take a chance on Kevin Knox, but you can if you want. Um, but yeah, it's everything's on, on the table. So there's 19-21, the Dallas pick, and we'll offer two future firsts unprotected. So let's say 
23 and 25, along with RJ Barrett, who had a good year. Yeah. I mean, how about you throw in 2027 as well? I mean, you're going to, you're going to put everything on the table except for one pick. Are you going to go back to your owner and say, you know, Dame was on the table, but it turns out someone who's 13 right now in the middle school lunchroom that we might draft in 2027, that kind of was the holdup. So <laughs> no Dame for us. Well, what, what young guys are you interested in that are actually on the team? We are interested in Barrett, Obi Toppin, and quickly. So we can keep Robinson. Yeah, I mean, how – so, like, what would you even do? Would you pick up his option and then he's unrestricted for us? Or otherwise, how are we including him in this trade? Are you resigning him first? We just pick up his option and then – Then he's unrestricted for us after next season. Well, yeah, but you have Mitchell Robinson on a minimum. <laughs> I mean – There's no yeah, other way for you to get him. I mean, it's, it's better to have him for one year than not have him, especially if you're paying him the minimum. Yeah, but then we stink, and he says, uh, "Peace out." <laughs> okay, so I mean, yeah, we. I mean, sure, like yeah, if it's like, do you want him or do you not want him? We would take him, but like, it's not much of a needle mover for us. Well, so let's put it this way: if I'm putting three unprotected picks in, we'll keep Robinson. So it's Barrett okay. Toppin quickly, nineteen twenty-one, Dallas first, and. Our three future picks all unprotected. Yes. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> Julius Randall is not this good. But anyway, Leon Rose, <laughs> let's do this thing. Yeah, that's that's the offer. Barrett Toppin quickly, 1921, Dallas pick three unprotected first. Yeah, I mean that that's that's something I can bring to the uh <laughs> the very finals. Okay. So now the NBA finals, the NBA finals, that is not just the yeah, finals not, not just the finals of this trade talk. Right. Okay, so if, if those two have punched their ticket into the final three, then Boston and Philly, and I have a feeling based on what you said about Simmons, who's going to win this war of attrition, but who do you want to talk to of those two teams? Probably Boston. Okay. So, so, you, so, you want, so you're offering Brown. I think it was one of Neesmith or Langford, Robert Williams, and you said, I think two picks. I mean, the thing is, we want all the picks. We we want them. We have the Knicks ready to give us the mother load. We are trying to position ourselves for the future because we wouldn't actually tell you this or tell our fan base this, but our current roster is probably going to go down in flames here shortly. We're probably about to try to see what we can get for Nurkic and CJ. And yeah, I mean, we we want the picks. I thought it was not a byproduct of the roster, Neil. <laughs> You've had a change of heart in the last uh, week or so. Well, I mean, my counter to that is like, you know, as Boston listening into these other two offers, like Jalen Brown is head over heels, the best player that you're considering taking back of these 14. Like no, no one's even close to him, especially if you're not high on Simmons. So, you know, I and keep hearing James Wiseman is a beast. <laughs> okay, I'm wearing many hats here. Now I'm Brad Stevens. Wiseman's gonna be a bust, bro. No, I I probably land somewhere in the middle of those those two statements. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking to Brad Stevens here. You you don't know how to negotiate yet. Don't don't be giving me this pushback. Just put the picks on the table. Dame's gonna be great in your city. Let's go. Let me draw a quick uh, ATO no. here, and then we can. Uh... Jalen Brown is the best player. I obviously will concede that. 
He also probably has the least team control of any of them. He only has, you know, this upcoming season and two more. I mean, it's hard to argue about three seasons, right? NBA changes so much, but it is a fact that he has less team control than all these other, these other couple of offers along with the highest salary. Okay. Um, let's do this. Jalen Brown, and then you pick four of these six things. Uh, three unprotected firsts, Langford, Neesmith, Rob Williams. Pick four of those. Four of them. Unless you're a big Grant Williams or Peyton Pritchard fan. But I assume that those are lower than everything I listed previously. Yeah, I mean, we would take Peyton, Peyton Pritchard <laughs> if you're uh, if you're throwing guys at the table. But uh, of that, we would probably want either Neesmith and three firsts or Neesmith, Williams, and two firsts. Uh, Robert Williams or some pipe dream 2027 first. What is it? Williams extension eligible, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I like it. Brown. What about Brown? Neesmith, Pritchard. Three first. Is that better than the deal that you just said? Now I'm getting. Now I'm getting. Uh, um confused by all these offers how about this brown neesmith pritchard rob williams and 24 and 26 unprotected first with swaps in 23 and 25 24 and 26 unprotected and then two swaps mm-hmm. with brown with- neesmith pritchard and time lord I yeah, guess I mean, your your question right now is does that beat what I offered as Philly because I can't offer anything more as Philly. Philly is Maxi Thibel Simmons 28 and 20 and then 2023 20, unprotected. Right? Yeah, it's 23 and then a, like a future way out first in addition. Yeah, Boston is better than that. Okay. So Philly's out. Yeah, Philly's out. Okay. Boston, New York Warriors, which I think we should take time to acknowledge the fact that it's come down to three big market teams, which is how the NBA usually works. But yeah. Yeah, but that's not really fair. That this this is actually just going by the assets. Like I Dame didn't tell me where he wanted to go. I mean, this is just kind of where the pieces are available, right? Yeah. But I, I mean to your point, like Orlando, Oklahoma City, and potentially like a Memphis could have offered more. Yeah, I just yeah. yeah where's I just Minnesota, wasn't where's to Minnesota and all these offers? I I didn't even want to try. I I can't. I can't. <laughs> I don't want to pain Timberwolves fans by trading a future first and then being like, oh, it won't matter, and then it's like third pick or I guess the seventh pick. But no, I I I I couldn't even think of one really. So okay, so Boston, New York, Golden State. What do you think the best way to do this is to kind of do you think you have? I I mean, it seems like all three offers I've offered close to everything so i don't think there's even really a bidding war that needs to take place i i kind of yeah i think it's just the deliberation (laughs) yeah i if 
to the extent that you can kind of like talk out loud about, you know, what you're thinking. I'm, I'm not in character anymore. I'm not, I'm not learning new info. Like how do you rate these three offers? So just for the, just, just for the listeners at home and just to give you some time to, to think about it, Boston's offer is Jalen Brown, Neesmith, Pritchard, Rob Williams, unprotected first in 24 and 26 and swaps in 23 and 25. New York's offer is RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, the 19th pick, the 21st pick, the Dallas pick, and unprotected first in 23, 25, and 27. The Warriors offer is Wiggins, Wiseman, Poole, number seven, number 14, and unprotected first in 26 and 28. And swaps in 25 and 27, I think we said. I don't know if we, we talked about swaps. But anyway, those are the frameworks of all three offers. So how are you viewing them together, I guess? It's really hard, to be honest. So the Warriors deal, it comes with a bad contract. But someone who can play and give you minutes. And you're not going to be able to reflip Wiggins. Warriors deal, obviously, you could tell yourself, in the next two to three seasons, maybe you have like a, a team that's like exciting and up and coming, almost like a Memphis or a New Orleans right now with like seven, 14 and Wiseman, like pretending that Wiseman hits and his injury troubles are kind of behind him. I mean, that's kind of three pieces. I mean, the Portland right now has like zero youth, like Anthony Simons, like Zach Collins can't stay on the court. Like they honestly have nothing like that I would be interested in <laughs> from like under 25 year old player. So like that is big that just like the influx of young talent right away um, as well as the 26 and 28 first. I mean, this warrior dynasty can't last forever. Right. But Curry and Clay and Draymond are going to be, I don't even know, like 37, 36 years old. Curry right turns on? 34 in March. So in 2028, oh, yeah. he'll be 40. Turning 40. Yeah, I mean, only re- he might only be playing if his son is playing, uh, all LeBron at that point in time. But so, yeah, the, like that, you have the allure of the late, <laughs> late value in, in, in six or seven years. Am I going to have a job in six or seven years as a Portland GM? Who knows? But that kind of plays both sides, right? And, and a big piece of salary, at least, that, you know, you can facilitate trades. If there's a worse deal than Wiggins out there, you could play the Thunder game where you just, you know, take a slightly worse deal or a slightly longer deal and get another first out of that or another player, you know, the whole Presti special. So the Warriors have a lot to offer kind of across the board. They give you, you know, like little nuggets of value right now and later. And then I'm trying to compare that with the Knicks who, I mean, honestly, this feels like the mother load. So 1921, four future first beyond that, plus Toppin who, most people aren't excited about, but he's a very recent top 10 pick. So it's almost like another first and Barrett Barrett's clearly going to be an above average starter for a long time. And you could maybe think better. A lot of people say he's like a super hard worker and he got considerably better from year one to year two. And, and like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot. Plus quickly. I didn't even mention just a, a, another youth infusion from the Knicks. Plus just all of these picks, like that's six picks is a lot plus all of your own picks that you have like you can make things happen with that or at least a, a decent front office will 
And then Boston is probably different than most different than either of those where you're just getting an all-star right now who, <clears throat> I don't know, is he the 25th to 35th best player in the league right now? Somewhere in there, you could dream about him maybe making like third team all NBA, probably not too much higher. And then a bunch of whatever, Neesmith, Pritchard Williams, like they're nice guys to have. I don't know that anyone's getting excited about them. Two more picks and two swaps. Honestly, I think Boston, just talking this out loud, I think Boston I probably would rule out just because of my Even with Jalen Brown. Yeah, but like, so I'm just keep cycling back to what I said, trying to like reset this team. I Are you just like reflipping Jalen Brown in two years or are you thinking Nurk, Rocco, McCollum, and Brown are going to, I don't know. It's How valuable is a playoff round to my owners like that has to be weighed here or my long-term vision like I don't know I think that that it's the strongest offer for the next two to three seasons but is it the strongest offer with the highest ceiling for the next like seven to ten seasons I don't think it's I think it's the third best for a longer window yeah you bring up a lot of really good points and maybe ironically the deal or maybe not ironically the the deal that you like the least of the three, the Boston deal is probably the one that as that team, I'd feel the best about like as Boston, I'd still be like, like, wow, we still have Jason Tatum, Marcus smart. Like maybe we can re-sign Fournier. We still have Horford, Tristan Thompson. Like we'll, we'll find some other guys. Um, yeah, it's a good team with New York, it's like, holy shit, like, it's just Dame and Julius Randle, and, like, let's hope we can re-sign Alec Burks, like, (laughs) uh, it's not gonna, and and then as Golden State, like, oh my gosh, like, who's gonna defend on the wing? You're, you're, like, I mean, without Wiggins, and then you're getting even more expensive, so I guess if you want to, like, pay the taxpayer mid-level to someone who can sort of defend on the wing i don't even know who that is yeah but don't you think like like you're you're gonna have veteran minimums lined up to try to play for you on that team like yeah. the trevor reza types like maybe not him specifically but i, I feel like you're gonna be able to fill out your roster kind of like with the barbosas the old school warriors that had veteran depth i think something i would try to do is and i think the math works to also put the 2022 first on the table and as, as Golden State and then try to swap Looney and Nurkic, which obviously then they'd like actually have a center and, you know, he may not play at the end of games, but then it's like, I know the fit's not great, but I guess Nurkic can pass well enough or like if you talk yourself into like Steph, Dame, Clay, Draymond, Nurkic, and if they want to go small and play Draymond at the five where he's the best, hopefully you can find a fifth guy who can play with that lineup. Like that's awesome. Uh, but that's something that I would try to do because if if you're trading Wiseman and not getting a center back, I, yeah, I, I I guess Draymond could play five, but then you also don't really have like anyone at the three or the four. Uh, I guess Clay, but yeah, it's yeah you you but yeah you don't want Draymond playing like 82 games at the five though. So right. I I like that idea a lot. And if you're Portland, are you really gonna push back that hard? On you I mean Nurkic expires this year? Clearly, yeah, you're going I mean, if, more if, rebuilding. If you're considering taking the deal as it is, if you add Nurk, you're like saving $7 million and getting an, an additional first. Like, yes, it's probably going to be a bad first next year, but that's pretty good. So, yeah. I, so do you have a, not to put you on the spot, but I guess we should preface this by saying 
Sam doesn't have to take a trade this trade, but we don't want to be anticlimactic. We want to actually have him pick the one he likes the best. So first I want to ask, like going through, you know, we've been doing this exercise for what the last hour or so. How has this changed kind of your view on where Portland should go? And like, would you actually make a, make one of these trades and then completely crossing out everything I just asked in the first question, which trade are you picking of, of these three? (laughs) Yeah. But I actually make one of these. The thing is, if you don't say, I mean, it all honestly, I think it starts with Dame. Like, it, can you talk to somebody who's close to him or him straight up and like, are you going to remain either happy and or publicly happy? Because like, if you start to throw a stink like Jimmy Butler, and then all of a sudden there's only three teams that will even make offers because of the whole thing you did, then I mean wow, yes, I'm going to trade one of these right now. <laughs> like, I'm going to do it this offseason. But if you have a good enough gauge on him where, you know, the loyalty aspect does come into play, and I think that he will not raise a big fuss in the next 18 months, then my calculation changes. Like, I mean, these are good offers, I think. If you hold on to them and you keep your backcourt that, has not been successful. I mean, they got to Western Conference Finals once, but a lot of people think that it was kind of a fluke. The bracket kind of fell for them. They got beaten by the Warriors very handily. And, like, I think it's just these guards are so expensive. They cannot play defense whatsoever. It's like, what am I gaining by keeping them? Like, I don't, if if it was really me and I knew that he was going to be completely chill for the next 18 months plus, I would maybe try one more season um, unless, you know, these teams, I mean, I keep saying these are good offers. Like if they gave every single swap, every single pick and like literally my pick of the litter, like kind of the Knicks are the only team that's kind of doing that. Um, I guess the Warriors are as well, but since I, I was going through the West, so I mean the Clippers, quiet might be out next year dallas their one-man show denver jamal murray might be out most of the year phoenix i mean chris paul is kind of deteriorating he's a free agent is he going to stay i don't know so like the west is really good but if you really were trying to talk yourself into this like you could find a way to say i don't know that one team that it's just so much better than us like as someone in the front office who obviously likes the roster that i built but i i think so yeah, I think I would want to wait one more season, and as long as Dame is going to play by the rules, right, and not not go crazy. But I don't, I wouldn't fault them for pulling the trigger now. Like it seems like the longer you wait, the less you get, which makes sense, right? And contract the years of control on the contract become lesser, and usually the players deteriorate as they get to 32, 33, especially for a small guard. So that's a long-winded answer to say I'd probably keep them, but if I wasn't going to take one of these. I mean, do you want to just jump in? Do you agree with any of that? Most of that, like before I finally picked the the winner. Yeah, I I think you laid it out pretty well. Um, I think the answer, kind of based on everything, all the reporting around Dame and just my read on the situation, it seems like their desperation move is not going to be like trade Dame when his. I would say his value is probably at an all-time high. Um, yeah. I but I, I think what they would do is 
try to trick themselves into thinking like if we turn CJ into Ben Simmons and we turn Nurkic into someone who could play more of a five out kind of style, like we can, we can do this. And to your point, like the West is kind of open, which is probably why the Warriors are going all in with this trade to begin with. So, yeah, I, I would, if I had to guess like under my head, I would say he's around for one more year. Um, It's going to fail again. And then they'll actually come to terms with it next summer and trade him. But I, if I had to guess, I, I would say that their the offers would probably be a little bit less than this. Like this is, I, I would say Portland's like in a position of power right now because it's it's not like he's demanded a trade yet. Um, I, I think if the Harden situation went differently, he could have gone for more than he actually went for. Um, because like even just thinking about it, like Philly. I'm pretty sure offered it like during this exercise offered more than what they reportedly offered for Harden and they didn't even make the top three. Right. And that, that just could have been your personal preference, but like, and, and, you know, that was obviously before the Simmons 2021 playoffs, but the infamous pass. Yeah. Uh, he can keep passing to thigh bowl in Portland if you took that offer, but, um, it's yeah, it, I, I think you laid it out pretty well. Um, yeah, gun to my head, they're not going to trade him. But obviously, we did this podcast because we think there's a less than, or there's a more than you know five percent chance, ten percent chance yeah. that he that he gets traded. So, yeah, I, I I think we we're in agreement. But just wrapping it up, I I guess I would really like you to pick one, even though they kind of seem pretty equal. Maybe you think it's between it's between New York and Golden State, but. Also sort of keep in mind that like, I don't think Neil O'Shea wants to be the one after getting swept by the Warriors, like multiple years, wants to be the one that kind of propels them to win the West again. Not, not saying that you can't pick Golden State, but just keep in mind that you're kind of playing like a, you know, a very full of himself kind of person. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even that comment aside, I think I would choose the Knicks in the end. Right. Really? Okay. Well, I honestly don't know if I was expecting that coming in. It's just so many picks. And I do like Barrett quite a bit. Top end you can dream on quickly. It seems to be a nice find. And like also you have it comes with cap space, it comes with no Wiggins. And if I move McCollum, I mean I can play the eat up bad contracts for like multiple seasons starting soon here. Um yeah, I don't know. It's just a lot of youth and it's I mean, it's really close with the Warriors. It, I think part of it is the fact that I'm not that high in Wiseman. And like 7 to 14 is pretty sexy. Like, you know, two lottery picks, but 14, probably like a 30% chance or something that you're going to get an above average starter. Those late picks, it's just like I'm waiting forever to realize the 26 and 28. I mean, it's really close, but I, I think ultimately I'm going with the Knicks. I don't blame you. I think it's really close as well. Um I, I do like the fact that there's you gain some f- financial flexibility by doing the Knicks trade. And one of the main reasons why I said really is because I was kind of operating as the Knicks for a while and it, it would be kind of sinking in that like, wow, I have Julius Randle and a 31-year-old point guard who was, you know, a top player in the NBA, but he's proven that he's not like a LeBron, like, hey, hey guys, I'm going to carry you to the finals. Uh, and I literally have no future assets. And as a team who struggled for most of this century because they were just were bad asset managers. Yeah. And 
as Golden State, like if if I heard that the Blazers were were gonna take the Knicks offer, I just out of desperation, I would be like, okay, like swaps in 23, 25, 27, first in 22, 26, 28. Like we'll take Derek Jones for you for for Looney. You could save some money. Like we'd I think that if it got that far, they'd be like, hey, like like we we just need to do this trade. Like we owe it to Steph, we owe it to Clay, we owe it to Draymond. And Dame is from the area, so he'd obviously be super excited to play there, I would assume. I do agree that the Boston offers maybe one step below that um unless you're a huge jalen brown guy like the picks don't have that much upside the young guys are kind of i think if rob williams maybe if he had like three years left on his rookie scale deal and like he showed all of this in his in his rookie year you'd be like wow like let's have this guy on a you know three more years of cost control but your point is yeah we're gonna have to like extend him talk about extending him as soon as we trade for him yeah i see why you're picking the knicks i i think if i was betting i'd put my money on the warriors of any team uh, but it, but it's close. Yeah, just what you said about the Celtics. It's like if I'm kind of restarting, rebuilding. Like, is Jalen Brown like a like a Luca or Giannis that's gonna make me really good? Probably not. Or like great? Probably not. And yeah, the other stuff is just kind of middling, in my opinion. I'm kind of surprised. Like, you think the Warriors would literally throw every single thing to get Dame? And do you I mean, think it, do you get smart? It sounds bad, but if it comes that far, and and you're. I, I think you've you've made this point on multiple you know pods that I've been on with you. Like if you're offering all that, like what's one one more future first <laughs> yeah. to you? Like if it's between like oh we don't want to offer this first, well then you don't get Damian Lillard. But if you do, you get Damian freaking Lillard from Oakland. Like yeah. I I think yeah. I mean for for the reasons that I already said, like they they owe Steph one last run, even if they know it's gonna like really mess with their future everything. Um, I, yeah, I, I see them throwing everything that they can besides those three guys in for Dame. But yeah, actually, I think I, I think I agree with you. I would, I would do that. And it sounds like you might not do that as the Knicks just because you'd be scared of what you well, have. The done. Knicks I mean, Al- would Alex do that. Burks, I, Reggie yeah. Bullock, Mitchell Robinson, Taj Gibson, Derek yeah, Rose. I, Kevin Knox. <laughs> Kevin Knox. Yeah, I left you, Kevin Knox. You're welcome. Thanks. Yeah. I, I think we, we centered on the, the four teams, like the three we talked about and, and Philly that I think would be most seriously considering it. I, there were no teams where I seriously was like, was like, Oh wait, you're, you're not even considering that offer. Like the, the Sacramento and the Toronto ones were cute, but they're more just like ideas that I had. Um, I have one more question for you. Would you think that the Portland would make the move if Dame said he was fine, but like Portland front office saying, what if we start two and seven next year? And then he pulls the hard end. And now we have two suitors and all those picks are already taken for the upcoming draft. And then we have to take, we have to cutely match all the salaries that you like couldn't do before with the Knicks. And just like everything changes a little bit in season. And now we have even worse. Like, would you proactively do it? I mean, it's probably not proactive at this point. Cause there's all these rumblings, but if you know, he said, no, I'm fine. I was just mad in the off season. We lost blah, blah, blah. Would you consider doing these anyway? You bring up a really good point, especially about the Knicks and, I mean, I guess with both the Knicks and the Warriors, I think seven and 14 and 19 and 21 look better when I say them like that than when I say that it's, I don't know, who's a random player, non sexy name that's probably going to go in that range. Like, yeah, just someone like a, I don't know, like a Chris Duarte, like, cool. Like, you have a 23 year old, not the 14th pick. Like, wow, I have a lottery pick. Yeah, let's just say it's that. Yeah. And also, like, the, the Knicks, they don't, they'll have, 
you know, players that they signed to their cap space if this trade doesn't happen. And then, then you're taking back, you know, Derek Rose on a three-year deal. Like, eh. yeah. So, or you miss, you also miss out on the chance to like take a bad Bulls contract as they try to load up for Lonzo Ball or whatever. Right, or right. You miss just like a lot of opportunity costs to waiting if Dame pulls the plug in season. Yeah, there's a lot of value in being the facilitator and no team wants to be that way. But like, just think of Memphis. Like they took on Iguodala who like, I don't know, was on an expiring contract coming off being a finals contributor and they got what's going to be probably a pretty good Warriors future first for their troubles and no team wants to do that because then it's you're really just like punting and it's hard to sell to the fan base that like i don't know we you know we got this contract but yeah you 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 bring up a good point i this is like the more that i think about it this is dame's all-time high in trade value because to your point like if they start two and seven then portland's not gonna have the leverage anymore and then maybe you're taking you know probably the philadelphia offer that i just proposed that maybe like the best offer out there um yeah it's uh it's interesting but i'm 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 glad that we did this this was a i i don't want to speak for you but it was really interesting to kind of just think about this with like another person and actually you know say my thoughts out loud so yeah this was this was really fun do you have any final thoughts on all of it no i'm glad you asked me it was really fun and i i do you final question do you think after going through all these teams do you think did it change your mind that he's more likely or that he had better Portland had better suitors than you thought or not? Because for me, it actually made me think he's slightly more likely to be traded or that he has better suitors and there's offers out there that could actually interest uh, one Portland Blazers. Yeah. I mean, when, when this, what day was it? Was it Saturday morning, maybe this past Saturday where like it kind of came out and it was like, Oh, what's he might get traded. I put a poll like a Twitter poll out. It was basically the Celtics, Warriors, and Knicks. So I, I kind of predicted what these three would be. And the offers were almost exactly what we ended up doing. And because I don't have that large of a Twitter following and it maybe didn't get seen, it only had 13 votes on the poll. But uh, the Warriors had six votes. The Celtics had six votes. And the Knicks had one vote. Oh. out of the 13 maybe i mean i i go to school in boston so i probably had some celtics friends there like yeah let's do it but yeah that's interesting there wasn't a lot of nick love i just said all future first and swaps instead of like 2023 2025 2027 right. which i think sounds better when you kind of think about wow that's a lot of picks but yeah i think this is kind of how it would play out and i don't think there's a dark horse i, I don't think there's a team like we talked about who's going to offer like their star close to superstar player for dame who they think is like this slight marginal upgrade and pay this premium of like multiple firsts to do it like even closer than like a jalen brown an even better player than that like you know like if uh this isn't a good example but like if but like if Kawhi was healthy the clippers and and the clippers are more first to trade i don't i couldn't see the clippers trading like Paul George and like three future first for Dame. Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't even know if I would want to do that if I was yeah. first, even if I had the ability to. Exactly. Yeah, those right. like star for star or star for slightly less star don't really happen unless Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul are in the deal. That's the only way that those have happened like the last forever. But yeah, I mean, do you have one that you would pick out of those three? I'd take the Warriors one just because I think those yeah. there's so much upside with those first five to seven years from now. And I think I'm a little bit higher on Wiseman than you are. I don't think he's going to, you know, be David Robinson, but I think he's going to be like a starting 
caliber player without many question marks a few seasons from now. Maybe like what like what DeAndre Aiden is doing this year in year three, I could see Wiseman doing that by year four or five and being pretty solid. But we'll see. It it, it kind of hinges on that, and I think I'm a little bit higher on or I'm less down on Wiggins. Um, I think he could he could help. I don't know. He's he's fine. <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. Yeah. The only thing I'll say is the Knicks. Uh, have been putrid forever. And I don't know if Randall plus Lillard is even going to be a great team. So those late picks for the Knicks are also juicy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. All right. Well, thanks Sam so much for coming on. This was really fun as always. And uh, talk to you in 10, 11 days when we do the mock off season. Can't wait.